0: Everyone's doing great. Good morning, Andy. Everyone who's joining us here live, thanks so much. Friday, for those who joining joining us now live, a beautiful day in the neighborhood over here. As we head, 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 we're heading into the weekend, June is the month of change, the month where we transition from one part of our lives to the next part of our lives. Felt mostly by the children, but it's felt by everybody. I've been talking a lot about the idea of, of, of our needs. We've got three basic needs. I mean, it's much more complex, but we're using the self-determination theory to build something. And those needs are significance or competence or mastery. And there's two ways of getting it. There's the, the way that is more materialistic, which is going closer to our, our earthly source by taking, accumulating, whether that's in the more, more earthly pleasures of life or even in the more uh, societal pleasures of life. Symbols, 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 winning, 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 being on top, being on top, being on top. Or there's the other way, which is the spiritual way, which is giving, being of value, even if it's giving to our own bodies. It's being a person who's always looking to turn every single arrow from facing in to facing out. You're sleeping in order to be stronger, to be a bigger giver. You're connecting, you're working, whatever you're doing, there's always the end of it is an arrow that is placed outside you, even if nobody knows, especially if nobody knows. There is nothing greater in God's eyes than a human being that is willing to give in a way that nobody even knows. That means you're getting nothing in return, not even a thank you. I'm not saying that's healthy in every relationship. I'm saying conceptually that is what we call the highest form of giving. We started to jump into the area of connection. We, we're a piece of something and so we don't feel comfortable being alone. We need people. We, we want to be connected to other people. In fact, if we're not connected to other people, it feels off. There's a story that uh, a great guy told me, his name is Danny Butler. I don't know if you know Danny Butler. is a, a mentor of mine. He's an incredible speaker, incredible presenter, incredible individual. The whole Butler family from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're big fans. Uri uh, is a good friend of mine from Camp Hask. Danny Butler, when I was an NCSY, I mean, and he taught me so much. And he's an incredible speaker. And he told over the story once I was there. I, I couldn't believe my ears were so powerful. He told over a story about his father, who was in the armed forces. He, was, he, he fought for the U.S. Army during World War II. And he was one of the group. He was part of the team that, I guess, liberated one of the camps. And the camps they liberated was a kid's camp. So they walk, can you imagine, they walk into a camp and there are younger children around. I don't know where they had them. I, I don't know where it was. But wherever they were, they were children and they were liberating them. And they realize right away that there's no food for these kids. They come in, they're all emaciated. They're starving. So they get these pots of soup and they make the kids soup. And they start to create two lines, he says. And the soldiers are just handing out soup. So these kids are waiting online line to eat something. Can you imagine the scene? Kids coming out of the Holocaust, emaciated these American soldiers, God bless them, that were feeding these children, and they're handing out little bowls and ladles and giving to the kids, and after a while, they had no more bowls left. So they're taking off their hats, their helmets, and they were filling the soups with their helmets just to give the kids something, and at some point, there just wasn't enough soup. So there were two lines, he says, and on line one, they were giving out soup, and there was still a lot of soup left, but on line two, there wasn't enough soup left, and they got nothing left. They got to the bottom of the ladle. And this next kid comes up with his big eyes asking for food, asking for soup. And this soldier looks down and sees this kid and has nothing to give him. So he gets down on a knee and he gives the kid a hug. And the kid doesn't know what to do. And he gets off and the next kid comes and gives, him, and gives the kid a hug. And then the next kid comes and gives him a hug. And all of a sudden the kids on the food line start realizing that they're giving hugs on this line. And the kids from the food line run over and get online to get a hug. It's the power of connection. It's who we are. We need to be connected to people in a very, very serious way. And if we're holding back the love from others, we're really holding back them, holding back from them much more. We need to be connected. So how do we get there? So we don't know. We're, we're 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 neuroplastic do you remember our, our minds are just living on whatever we've been exposed to so how do we navigate the world that's the beauty of having a source of wisdom that is beyond this world because it can navigate you in a way that is counterintuitive if you allow your mind to navigate you all you have is whatever you came into your mind that's some of the great challenges of societies. When we have man-made rules, one of the great challenges with that is that you're basically stuck to the guys or the women that are around, and all they have is what they've seen. That may be great. That may not be great. So when we navigate our lives, all we really have is what is coming into our lives, unless we allow ourselves to go to a deeper source, which is the value of spirituality, the value of, of, of wisdom, the value of Torah. So you go into this, we go into this world and we have this inner need, just like the inner need to go from the earth to the sky, right? We have this inner need to be connected. That's what we need to survive, to breathe. So we start this world and we live in our families and if everything is okay in the family, you feel great. If you have a, if you have a functional family home, the three-year-old, the four-year-old, the two-year-old, the six-year-old, they're doing great. They're playing, they got ups, they got downs, they're listening, they're not listening, they get punished and they don't get punished, whatever it is. They go through life, but they're, they're them, they're just, they're authentically them. They say what they want to say. They do what they want to do. They cry. They laugh. They're up. They're living life. And then they have to go into the world. And the world isn't the cocoon of a functional family. So they go into the world. They still have the need to connect. And as they get out there and they start to connect, what ends up happening is they start realizing that societies have thresholds of acceptance. Not the same thing as symbols of success. It's it's nuanced, but it's the other side of the coin. That that there's a piece that says, no, forget winning. Forget standing up in the paper podium. This is you don't do this. We're not we're not bringing you in. We're gonna shut you out. We're gonna ignore you. They're kids sitting on buses, not now, because I don't know if they're buses anymore, but there were once buses. And they're alone. There's a hundred kids on that bus. They're alone because the kids are ignoring them. They could be saying hello to them, they're ignoring them. And the way it works is that every micro society not only has their symbols, but they have their thresholds of acceptance. If you say this, if you wear this, if you talk like this, then you're one of us. And if you don't, then you're not. Now, that could be four friends. That could be a whole classroom. That could be a whole school. That could be a community. You can have a community that says, if you wear these clothes, you're one of us. And if not, you're not. Everywhere this person looks, there can be communities that say, if you achieve this, you are. And, if, and people are doing things, not because they want to. They're doing this because they just want to get accepted into the community because they need to be connected. So when that 7-year-old, that 8-year-old, that 10-year-old turns around to mommy and daddy and goes, I'm not wearing that hat. For those that are joining us for the first time, that was yesterday's. I'm not wearing that hat because, not because I want to be cold, it's because I'd rather be cold and be accepted. And on that bus, that kid, or I feel, or all the kids are wearing things with different labels on, whatever it is. And I gotta wear that because that's my way of being accepted. And now what is created in our minds is something called an image. An image image is a shell that we wear around the true us in order to navigate in society that is in front of us. It is the, it's not really us. It's the projection of us. It's the garments that we wear. We have actual garments that we wear. And depending on where you are, you change your garments. Depending on if it's colder or warmer, you may put on different clothing. You may never put on different clothing, but you wake up in the morning and you don't walk out without some garments. And if you're in the police force or you're a firefighter or you're a doctor or you're a football player, you have very specific garments. Teams have different colors and different clothing. All the things that we're doing, there's different ways of, 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 of being able to show it. But at the end of the day, there's a small disconnect between waking up in the morning And putting on the garments that you need to survive in the world that you are. We have that physically. We have that mentally as well. There are garments that we wear around us. It's called our image. And we put them on when we're young. And we use them to navigate the world around us. We use them to be accepted in our societies. We use them in order to go into different environments. And it goes even further. uh, Neuroscience is speaking about something called mirror neurons. Mirror neurons are neurons that are in our minds that mirror the things that's in front of us. We're so wired to be connected that when I'm in front of you, I am mirroring you. That's why if you're sitting with somebody or you're married to somebody or you're born to somebody, you, you adopt their behaviors because you have neurons that fire that just mirror that which is in front of you. So much so that we're programmed to be accepted. Now, here's where this gets to be challenging. It's okay. It's called life. Someone emailed me yesterday. Thank you for the email. Lachayan, for those that are joining me on the morning coffee. Someone emailed me yesterday and said, But that's part of like, it's like dating, right? Like that, That of course, like if you're dating and you go out, you know where you're going to wear yeah, of course, it's fine. It's life. Yeah, you got to get dressed in the morning. You got to, if you if you got to navigate through society, navigate through society. Like It's called life. Yeah, of course. You go to a society, and everyone's wearing these clothing, and it doesn't really matter to you. Put on the clothing. Stop fighting if you, if you want to be accepted. If you don't want to be accepted, don't be – like do what you think is right. Know what you need to do. There's sometimes I go somewhere, and I just don't feel like putting on this specific clothing. And sometimes I do. There's sometimes I go to, I go to work, and I'm wearing this. Sometimes I go – it's fine. The image is a tool that you have to navigate the world. That's not the problem. The problem is that we can't tell the difference. The problem is that we don't know which is which. The problem is when we wake up in the morning and we're trying to get that clothing or that home or that word, and we don't realize that we're doing it just to get someone's attention, just to be accepted. We don't, connect the dots. So as a result we don't you can grow to being something. you can you can want to set a threshold that is at first a an outer threshold and hope to swim up that threshold. That's fine that's called growth. that's bead you have. But when we don't know what's what we run the risk of falling into the trap. What's the trap? So I read this study once. About celebrities, celebrities have, believe it or not. I know like nobody, celebrities don't have lives that people think they have. Like everybody thinks that if one's a celebrity then their life is perfect. If you're in the habit of following celebrities, which, you know, I personally am not, but I try to learn about them so that I could um, understand what makes them great. But there are people that like really follow them and love them. So it looks on the outside that they have amazing lives. But if you, if you go into studies about them or if you read some of the material through, the, through a psychological lens about them, you find that a lot of them have very challenging lives. And the reason is because when you're in a fishbowl when everyone's looking at you from every side, it's, there is benefits, but there's lots of detriments. And here's the greatest detriment. An actor walks down the block A football player walks down the block. A rock star walks down the block. All of a sudden, there's thousands of people that are screaming, we love you. We love you. Ah!" That person feels something. They feel something. There are thousands of people waiting online to see them screaming. We love you sc- screeching by the sou- by the, by the thought of their presence, clicking likes to everything that they do. Every time they go somewhere, everything they do, they send a video and it gets circulated and they see millions of views. Eyeballs, focus, attention. is being thrown at them. If you were a rock star And you were standing on stage, and thousands of millions, thousands of people screaming, We love you. Can you imagine someone going, They love us. Do they love them? If if an audience member screams, I love you, do they actually love them? No. Who does the audience member love? The audience member loves themselves. And the rock star is just providing a benefit in music. To them, if the rock star would just stop and start giving a five-hour speech, they would be like, what's going on over here? And he'd be like, I thought you loved me. And be like, nah, I don't really love you. I love how you make me feel. Right? If the football player is standing in front of an audience and they're going, we love you, and the football player next year plays for the opposing team, they hate him. They boo him. Why? Because they don't love the player. They love themselves. They just love what the player is doing for them. Love is premised on the concept that the person in front of you is worth you giving them giving to. Love only flows through giving, through commitment. You don't love things because of how they make you feel. You love things because of what you do for them. Love comes as a result of your sacrifice, of your giving, of your commitment to something else. You don't love your kids because of how proud you are because of what they do for you. You love your kids because you've invested your life into those children. We're showing today, for those of you who come to this, we have a a show every um, Friday afternoon at 5.30 on uh, projectinspire.com or you can go to my Facebook page today at 5.30 live. It's called Bring Shabbat Home with a Shabbat Show. Today we're playing a video from a guy named Derek Redman. That guy's name right. If you remember him, it's the Father's Day episode. I'm giving you like a a spoiler. This is the preview. Guy, great story of an Olympic athlete that circles the the track once in Olympics and pulls a hamstring and can't move. He loses and his father comes down and helps him finish. You think his father loves him if he would win the gold? No. His father loves him whether he embarrasses himself or whether he doesn't embarrass himself. He loves him for him. I always say that's like, you know, I'm sure it's everybody, but I always, to me, it's like the, the quintessential Jew. It's all grandmothers. It's all grandmothers. But I don't know. I only have Jewish grandmothers. So I don't, I'm, I'm sure it's every grandmother. But for me, it's, it's like my Jewish grandmother, right? Like, you know, I deal with Jewish grandmothers all the time. They're like, no, no, no. You got to meet my grandson. He's, he's, he's a genius. No, he's really a genius. Like, I know, I know. Trust me. He's, like, he's four. He already knows that. I'm like, I'm sure he's a, he's a genius. No matter what they do. Like, every you see a race and like every kid comes in first place. Right. And everyone's like, that was amazing. But for 12 other kids, you were number one. Right. Like they don't have eyes to see anything. I know my, 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 my mother in law, my mother, my mother in law, the exact same way. Right. Like the Jewish grandmothers in my children's life are, are both the same way. Like they're, they're, they're drunk to the greatness of their children. Why? Because love is giving. Love is what I give to you. Attention is what I take from you. I need to feel love too. I need to also feel like people connect to me. So I have a choice. I connect. I feel connection by what I'm giving or I feel connection by what I'm taking. Giving is love. Taking is attention. The misconception of the celebrity is they think they're being loved. They're not being loved. They're being given attention. And when you're being given attention, your brain starts going, remember, this is neuroplastic. This is automatic. Your brain starts going, don't stop doing that because that's giving you lots of eyeballs. And that feels good. Remember the trap of materialism? Remember that trap? It gets in the way of spirituality. It feels feels good. It's quicker, right? It's potato chips feel quick. The saltier. They feel better. A real meal takes time right? Significance is giving, but it doesn't feel as quickly. doesn't. So if I take and I have a symbol, I feel better. That's attention. Attention is it feels better. It feels quicker. I just need more of it, more of it to keep it up. So here's what I do. I got to do things to get attention because attention feels like something. It doesn't give me the satisfaction of true love. So I don't feel the connection at my core but it feels like something, and I got to get that. We settle for attention. Now watch how this works as we finish up today, and we'll hopefully pick this up with God's help next week. As soon as we get start, start getting addicted to attention, you know what's happening? We lose who we are because we're so busy trying to keep that image up because if that image drops for one second, I don't have the same level of attention, and I've started to get addicted on attention. Attention is what I can get from you. I walk into them and the eyeballs turn to me. But well, why are they turning to me for? I got to keep that up. Because I got to get eyeballs turned to me. And that feels like something. It's the counterfeit to true connection. All right, we're going to talk about this. We're going to uncover this. This takes time. But there's some things coming our way with God's help, vulnerability, understanding who we are, being a giver. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for an incredible week. It's an honor to be with you. For those that are tuning in live, that's great to see you. give me such such incredible encouragement. For those that are watching on the platforms, thanks so much. It means the world to me. It really does. Have an incredible weekend. Um, really enjoy Shabbat Shalom. Hope to see people who are going to come on that show. And if I don't get to see you until then, With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again next week. With God's help, Sunday morning. See you again. Have an incredible, incredible weekend. And thanks again for a great week.